Hello and welcome to another episode of the House Divided Podcast. Tried not to put as much oomph as that one because we're on a little somber note here. Uh, eventful news week. Um, I'm here as always with the Michigan State half of this podcast, Jeremy. My name is Brendan. And uh, we're going to just dive right into the sad, gross stuff uh, and get this out of the way. And then we're going to focus on football. So if you're listening to this podcast, you know about the Mel Tucker situation. I don't have to outline everything to you. Um, If you do not feel super educated on everything and kind of feel like it's just a lot going on and you're lost, I would recommend... Uh, a podcast called Flipping the Field uh, did a very, very good about hour long breakdown of the situation. Uh, and I would recommend their work at any time, but uh, specifically for this, I thought they did a very good job. So I'd go look, listen to that. But in terms of this, uh, I just want to give Jeremy an opportunity to get his thoughts out because I really do. I know we like to prod each other as Michigan and Michigan State fans, but I do really empathize here with Michigan State fans. Um, it, 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 this is not a fun situation to go through. It's extremely messy. Uh, so I do, my thoughts do go out to you guys and obviously Brent Tracy and everybody actually affected by this, but, uh, Jer, let me quit talking. Why don't, why don't you get on your soapbox? Oh man. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, at this point, when the news so so I had a couple of emotions to go through, which was which I think you and I with our with our group text with our number one fan, Eric Seeds offline, we were kinda of talking about like and I think I was telling that also like maybe our DM with uh with our boy Fixtauskas. But um I was just like, you know, I, I had parts of this story told to me in August, um, just in my role kind of like you know, a little bit like not tooting my own horn. I'm not going to pump my tires about being on MSU Twitter, but like between that and being a mod on a on a message board, sometimes people do just bring you kind of random shit that's not like a fully put together story. And so, you know, I had someone approach me back in August saying, like, you know, hey, my buddy works at, um, you know, works something uh, around the program or around MSU and. And apparently there's like this story that could come out about Mel and sexual assault. And I was like, hmm, well, that's kind of weird. Like, you know, I haven't heard anything about that at all. And they they approached me asking, like, have you heard about this? And I was like, no, I mean, you're you're hitting me out of nowhere. And then uh, you know, from there it kind of became I was like, well, what's some details? And they were, you know, they were getting it from someone else. So I'm catching it third hand or second hand here. But you know, they're telling me, like, hey, it involved like someone from uh you know there was some some woman who is like well known for like sexual assault awareness or something and i was like instantly i knew who they were talking about they they didn't say the name but i'm like well so brenda tracy and and you just think well man like who's that fucking dumb no one's that dumb like and so um you know i just kind of said hey you know i'll look into it 
uh, reached out to some people and they're like, yeah, I mean, we've heard some rumors about Mel, but it's not of sexual assault. It's that like, um, you know, him and his wife have been separated for a long time. That it's probably going to become public soon that they are moving further in the divorce. And uh, <laughs> which at that point, it kind of became like, well, that's none of my business. I don't really care. I don't care if you have an open marriage and you guys are still married. Like, that doesn't affect you coaching football. That doesn't affect you, like, anything. You could coach my son if you're in open marriage. That's I'm, I'm not that guy that's going to let that bother me. Um, so I kind of, like, tried to put it away, but it just it gnawed at me. Like, I remember, like, hearing that, that first message, it just shook me. And I'm like, you know, I had some other stuff going on in my life at the time, like, at work and some other stuff that I was like, as we approach football season, even doing the show with Dan, which I had a ton of fun with you and Dan, like I just, I've never been not counting down to a football season less than I was this year. And I couldn't place what it was. I was thinking, you know, it's not about, oh God, we might not be, well, might not be the guy. Like I've rooted for a lot of bad teams my life. I still look forward to football, even if it means I don't have to look forward to MSU football, but I look forward to college football in general, right? I just had no hype going in. I'm like, is it because I'm depressed about this other thing? Or is it because, like, you know, it's just part of being a dad is I'm just so focused on the day-to-day of dad. I don't look forward to three weeks from now when football starts. Like, <laughs> you know, like, I just don't couldn't figure out what it was. And honestly, it, it hit me Sunday morning when uh, – so to give you a little, again, background on how it went for me, like, I had people text me when I got home from the game Saturday – uh essentially saying like it's it's coming out tonight the the story will drop tonight and so here i am trying to enjoy a little shot in Freude and enjoy peyton thorne looking like an ass on tv and i get right back into the mel story and you're sitting at two and oh you're just like what what is this going to be so i stay up all night you know till 12 30 when it drops read the news and basically at that point just decide like i'm not going to tweet right now I can talk about this right now. Like I have known this was coming. It kind of felt like a release. And I don't mean that in any way to minimize what Brando went through and what anyone who has been touched by sexual assault has been going has gone through and what this triggers for them and what this reminds them of. But for me personally at that time, it was like, good. I'm not the only one that knows this. Like people know this now and we can respond to it. And I'm hoping that, you know, MSU wasn't terrible in their handling of this again but now it's known um and since then it's just been like you know honestly like we will probably get our get our ass kicked saturday on the football field but i am so looking forward to this game now and i actually enjoy football again like the guy pre me getting that message in august i absolutely loved Mel Tucker. i have a picture of him and my son at Monterina that i cherished and I was like, this is, this guy, I'm a marketing guy. I loved the brand. I love that shit. That did not bother me at all. Like, I loved so much about the experience of the last couple of years. Um, and it was all just kind of ripped away by, as, as my media hero, Stephen Godfrey likes to say. And like, literally Stephen Godfrey said the same line that my dad said to me when I was growing up. And it's not PC at all, but motherfucker put his dick in crazy like what are you doing and in this case he didn't even get to put the dick in crazy he just pointed it towards crazy over a phone like 
And not to say that Brendan Tracy is crazy in this case, that that's not a perfect analogy. We just he let being being the dog with the horny bonk, you're like $95 million, Brendan. Yeah, no, I know. Um you can give me I, Brendan, give me a million and a half dollars a year, and I won't jerk it ever. That's impressive. I'm I'm proud I'm proud of you for that. Um no, we've on phone sex. Also, yeah. <laughs> now let's have a little bit of fun with it. Okay, I got my okay. rant out. Okay, Uh-oh, I good. do want to say, but I want to stick serious for a little bit longer. Um, I will say, throughout the week, the emotions of going through it, like, uh, some pride that it looks like MSU has followed the policy. Um, that could always reverse at any point. You could always hear that it was a completely buttoned up, but from what I understand, it was followed to a T, um, which is good because it, there is, like, if you are someone who, like me and I think like you too, Brendan, like we're, we're both a couple of commie bastards. We we don't think that when money is at stake, people make decisions just out of like the goodness of their heart. Like, it is absolutely okay that if you're a little conspiratorial, you're saying like, hmm, MSU doesn't want to pay this guy money and now this comes out, hmm. Like, it's perfectly okay to think that, like, people at MSU could have known or found this as, like, a good thing to get out of a bad contract, like, but but overall, as someone who works with students on campus, like, just super proud that it looks like they followed procedure um, after a lot of tragedy where they don't do it. Um, you like to see that it looks like they have followed it uh, in this case. Um, yeah, man, I don't know. Now, now I get to. Do, do we make him like a, a Rick Pitino? No, 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 not level, yet, right? not yet. We gotta. Oh, if we're gonna do that, we need to wait at least a a, a year. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Let's uh, let's let everything. Let's let the process play out and see if we want to make him just... a meme. As a Michigan fan, in this, I don't really feel like I need to give a lot of input here um there's nothing really i can say or speculate on the situation that is necessary uh i will just say at best with this string of events if you take mel tucker for his word he used incredibly poor judgment um and deserves to be fired for it and at best or Did I get that worse? Did I say at worst or at best the first time? Either way, you know what I mean. At best, he used incredibly poor judgment and needs to be fired. At worst, he is one of the many scum of the earth and should never work in football again. Um, That's really all I have to say uh, on it. And, you know, I, I just hope everything comes out at least and people can know what happened now that it's been thrust in the public light. Um, so what we're going to do here. You use the word thrust. Come on now. Oh, oh man. Yep. There we go. Imagine this, Brandon. I just imagine you're sitting here. You're a younger man than me. I'm at 34, 34 right now. I can tell you that. If I get to what is my is my tracker in his fifties yet? It might be forties, fifties. I don't remember. If I get a day past my age today, 
and I'm having phone sex, I will be incredibly depressed. <laughs> I don't think anyone should be having phone sex past the age of like 19. I'm not going to kink shame anyone here, but we have video technology. We have things. We don't need to be. Oh man, yeah, sure. I listen. I can support that take. Phone I sex in Florida. <laughs> Oof. I, Ugh. yeah, <laughs> phone sex in a Miami hotel. Lord The humidity. Almighty, the humidity. Okay, so I think that is a good vibe transition. We're gonna we're gonna use that to propel us into uh, some real football talk. Um. Jeremy, I think you guys are going to get waxed on Saturday. Yeah, you know, the fun part is, like, the MSU fan base, like, it was good today. I listened to the Swiss Zone Duo, like, weekly tasting menu, previewing the just awful slate of games we have for <laughs> Terrible. college football this week. And uh, it was good, because if you live in the Michigan State, like, echo chamber, it was just fun vibes, and, like, you know, Harlan Barnett's press conference was great, just such a, a great, like, personable person, wasn't a, a robot, like, You know, it's kind of like some Stockholm syndrome where it's like, yeah, Mel doesn't have a personality, but I like him. When you see Harlan, you're like, you can have a personality and Mel, you piece of shit. Um, and uh, so, like, loving the press conference. The guys are on board. Antonio's back in town. Ryan Cook is pissing his pants about it. It's been like a fantastic week. Just a fantastic week. And then you listen to someone from the national mindset who's not in that echo chamber, and they're just like, Yeah, Washington's still a top five team. They're going to pistol with us. Yeah, that's probably the case. That's Yeah, that is probably I the will case. say, I, I, I will say, while I understand the leaning into the optimism and having fun, because it's what I would do if I was in your situation. It is very funny to watch all of the same people who were just at Mark D'Antonio's door with pitchforks and torches, Oh my god, right? and they're all like, Marky D is back! We're fucking gonna be good again! Like, it's just, get ready for the trick plays! We're, and it's like, I get it. I get it, because he's a program legend, and Yeah. you got him back. I get why. It just from from this guy's perspective very funny Oh, it's hilarious. I would be like a pig and shit if you guys were doing this right now. <laughs> Like I would, like, you enjoy that. Like, like lap it yeah up. That is that is some good stuff to enjoy. Um, but no, I at this point now it just becomes outside of my vested interest of us hitting an over under. I would love for us to get to six wins because I would love for the kids to get a bowl game. That'd be amazing. Like I don't know who's gonna play in the bowl game. Maybe we'll have a coach hired by him. Maybe we'll who who the fuck knows. Um, who knows what the next few like weeks or months hold. But the feeling I had as the week went on about heading into this game is like, it's not about me. You know, like I, I don't want to center myself in this, but like the boogeyman's gone. Like the weight of there's some bad shit about our coach is going to come. And it just, I was trying to tell someone about it. It's like, I've been here for seven years as like, a, as like back on campus, like living here, working here. And since the time I lived here, we've had Larry Nasser, Dean Strample, we've had victim statements, we've had the COVID pandemic, which affects everyone, but obviously working on a campus was a, a unique experience. Uh, 
you know, you come back from COVID, you have uh, excitement of a new coach is going great. Then a down season, then you have gun gun player on campus. It's just it, there's a, there's something every year. Like John Ingler was in there. I I glossed right over that. You have Cassius Winston's brother dying. Like just there's just been enough as an MSU fan that I'm just happy that this Saturday I'm going to go and I can actually root on the team and not feel like fuck should I not be here because that's how I felt like I do you remember that like press conference that came out after the OTL story where they had like Mark D'Antonio do a press conference and then they had a basketball game right after it, like an MSU basketball game. And he had to wait for Izzo's press conference. Those four hours, I couldn't like breathe. Like, yeah. Even though I should enjoy a basketball game, I just was like, this is the worst. <laughs> this is the yeah. worst. And, yeah. and, and this wasn't on that level. This wasn't the same amount of pain for victims but it reminded you of that pain um yeah and so since i heard it in august that it was coming it was just like at that point i just and there was nights where i was like this thing's gonna fucking drop on like october 19th like two days before the machine game like this is just gonna be this just has to be the worst and it still ended up being i mean jesus christ it dropped the sunday before the biggest out of conference game <laughs> like it still yeah. tried to be a poorly timed thing but um I just, you know, I hope that, hope that he gets whatever. Uh, I don't believe in heaven and hell, but I hope he gets a terrible life with poor, poor fucking five G and awful, <laughs> awful porn. Well, you can take solace in the fact that he lost seventy or eighty. I don't know uh, how it's structured. I mean, million dollars. It. I think he's gonna get some money. He's gonna get some money to go away. Um, because I'll tell you right now. Title nine cases and the way it works. Uh, he can appeal this thing that happens in October. So I do want to tell the MSU fans that are listening, don't think this is just going to be over in October. Um, and don't think we're probably not paying a dime. Um, they're going to have to pay him to go away uh, to, to try and get him to not appeal or to just accept that he's fired. Um, so we're going to pay something. I don't know what it is. I don't know what that means for the next football coach that we're hiring. I I frankly don't care about that right now. I just care about the fact that, like, we have kids who want to be here Saturday. Um, I'm gonna enjoy the hell out of everyone that I tailgate with, uh, and we're just gonna we're gonna go. Whatever the hell happens on the field this season, I don't really care anymore. Yeah. Well. But there we go. Is that our Washington? Football, right? Is that our Washington preview? <laughs> uh, can I tell uh, you, like, I am old. Not a tragic injury, but I am owed like Michael Penix has food poisoning. Like I'm owed something. You're owed nothing. Uh, Michael Penix is. Uh, that's what oh, I am excited God. to see, though. Man. Let's seriously though. Let's get to this because I saw a lot of buzz. Michigan State secondary, obviously, the opponents are not that difficult, but people are excited about younger players here. I mean, this is a big, mm-hmm. big test. Um, spread is 16 and a half. I'm not looking at anything. I'm just off the top of my head. Is that correct? Or do you know? Yeah, last time I saw it was 16 and a half. So I think it ballooned because I, I put money on it at different points in the summer and it was 10 and a half, 12 and a half. Yeah. So it's, it's climbed, it's climbed up. Yeah. Um, as we've gotten. Yeah. uh, And I do think Washington probably covers or comes close. 
But there is something about this story, right, with what the team is going through and what what shared struggle can do for a group of people. I, I I see why Michigan State fans can have some optimism. You also see the stats of Washington's record playing in the Eastern time zone and their record yeah, against the Big Ten. I haven't Ten. been looking at these. Tell me these things, Brandon. Tell me. Uh, I don't want to. I shouldn't have brought it up without having the numbers in front of me, but I'm going to tell you that the record against the Big Ten, record in the Eastern time zone, record against uh, teams in the state of Michigan, all very poor. Um, okay. Talking like 25 to 30% win percentage. Except I will the, say. They're one God, in five was, in the state of Michigan. Yeah. So I it's, was so, so disappointed when this guy announced it's a five o'clock game. I was oh, like, yeah. please put it at noon, 9 a.m. body book. Like, give us that. Give us that. And then five o'clock. Oh, yeah. Yeah. As, as a ready. fan, you, you have that circled on your schedule. You're like, Give me a noon game, you motherfuckers! Fuck these Pac-12 yeah. kids. As, get get them up playing football at nine a.m. <laughs> as someone who had to stay up and watch his team play a Herm Edwards Arizona State game that kicked at like eleven thirty at night because of fucking Arizona dude, desert, like dude. I, get, get I also game. stayed up for that game, but I got a different experience. Out oh of my it. god, what a long ah. game that one was! <laughs> oh man. man reminiscing over the D'Antonio days now that he's back, I see. Yeah, yeah. Jaden Daniels can't hurt. He's at LSU. All right. <laughs> oh, my God. Was he on that Arizona State team? Holy well, shit. Actually, you know what? I don't think he was in that game that was in Arizona, but he was in the one back in East Lansing the next okay, year. Okay, okay. That's what it was. He was not I'm in just showing my lack of ball knowledge here. No, Jaden Daniels was in person. I got to see Jaden Daniels. Uh, that was the game with the um, – you know, like they scored late. Oh, dude, I remember that like, game too. Coggin, I, was, Coggin, like, you guys lost to Herm Edwards in very funny ways. I, exactly. Like, very, very funny. Um, no, so sidebar though, just talking about players who I didn't realize were at different places at certain times. I just saw a highlight today of uh, Will Levis scoring a, t- a late touchdown against Michigan in the COVID year that I had completely memory hold because I pretty much after the Michigan State game that year. But when Will Levis was on Penn State, he, uh, God he was at Penn yeah, State. yeah, Will Levis scored a touchdown on us in the COVID year. And I saw a clip of it today and I was like, dude, I have no recollection of this because as soon as the Michigan State game ended that year, I was like, Nope, I don't give a fuck about football. I'm out. <laughs> that that mayo in his coffee, exactly motherfucker, <laughs> scored on Michigan. What a yeah, hero. what a yeah. hero! What a, a hero! hero. Yeah. Let's not forget 9/11 was this week, and let's oh shout God. out what what is his name? Don't forget, mm-hmm. there's a hero in our country, and we always overlook him. He bowled a 300 on 9/11, and we we don't give him enough. I don't like those gentlemen out. Okay, well, while while he looks this up, I'm trying to think of anything else I have on Michigan, Washington, or Michigan State, Washington. I wish we were playing Washington. Fucking Jesus, yeah. I'm bored. I'm bored as shit. Okay, no, I don't wish we were playing Washington, but like, you get my point here. <laughs> Bill Morrow. Okay, shout out a game on nine eleven. Shout out Bill Morrow throwing uh bowling a three hundred on nine eleven. 
Um, in, in if you would have Massachusetts, the the odds of this guy getting brought up on this podcast were astronomical. We're talking plus multiple thousand here, and yet he found a way, just like he did on nine eleven. Um, <laughs> Jeremy, do you have any more thoughts on Michigan State, Washington? I feel like this has just turned into a fun bullshit session because we don't want to uh, be sad. <laughs> oh man, I'm sorry, the. Uh... Jeremy is dying on the other line. Okay, oh, he's sorry, unmuted. Okay. He, he seems yeah. recovered. Oh, man. Um, I will say, we glossed it over the Penix versus our DBs, which we are happy with how our defense has looked. Um, I don't think that's going to go much better. Like That's just hard to tell with the opponents we've had. But I will say, I do trust our offense to maybe hang around a little bit longer this time. Like you got to remember last year, like everyone can look at the final and see we only lost by 11. It was 14 to nothing, like four minutes into that game. Oh, dude, that game know, was a blowout. I, I remember watching you know, the first Peyton half. Peyton Thorne, three and out, they score. Peyton Thorne, three and out, they score. I think that Noah Kim is he's kind of sneaky good. You got to see it against better Well, teams, I'm hearing but... I'm hearing he's better than J.J. McCarthy. That's what the, that's what the streets are saying. Big Ten player oh. of the week. He's better than J.J. They not have anything nice. Yeah. What? <laughs> we can't have anything nice. Why? No, no, you guys seriously, I saw tweets. I'm not I'm not making shit up no, here. I, I understand that. No, I'm not saying this about you. I'm saying whoever tweeted that. Oh, okay. You're why Thank we you. can't have anything nice. Thank you. Okay, go on. I derailed it again. No, I just I think uh it could be something where like I have no feel for this game. At five forty five, I could be sitting in that stadium like, wow, we are getting killed. Or they can be like, are we going to do this? Like, who knows? I, I don't know how to feel. For the sake of entertainment, I hope that you guys cover, and I hope I have an entertaining game to watch uh, yeah. on a second screen while I'm watching Michigan play Bowling Green. Um, now, that doesn't mean I want you guys to win. Obviously, I do not. I very much hope you lose. But part of me does hope for an entertaining game. I, I want to see Spartan Stadium rowdy. It'd be cool to see you guys uh, get around the players, rally around. They put up a good fight against a very, very, very good Washington team, and and then you guys all are sad at the end. That sounds like a good time to me. Um, so let's hope for that. You know, the, the thing is, as long as you guys lose, I'm happy though, because a blowout would be also fun. So we've got, you know, we've got Mark D'Antonio coming back, but I think that we should not let that like hang over the biggest reunion in the state of Michigan this this weekend. And that's uh the hero, Scott Leffler. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh the and, hero uh, Scott Leffler. I imagine tickets are pricey. I imagine um hotel rooms are going for quadruple their their rate. Uh yeah, how's it feel? Like the left the left dog is home. Yeah, man, I I'm too young, as you mentioned. Our age gap. I'm 25. I don't so know anything about him. Either. I have no recollection of Scott Leffler, but uh, yeah, let's if we want to make fun of Michigan's schedule, I'm down because this is ridiculous, man. I, like I know going in, in the off season, you're like, yeah, in this four team playoff era, it's best to just have a cakewalk. 
just because, you know, no, don't risk it. Don't risk losing. And I get that. And I get the strategy behind it. But Jesus Christ, it'd be nice to give a fuck about college football season before October. Like, and I'm not saying I don't give a fuck. I obviously have like watched both games twice over because I'm a little freak, just like everybody listening to this. And I want to glean every little detail I can from a game that is not going to show me much. Um, but yeah, man, it's boring. Uh, so really, I'm going to use this segment not to talk about the Bowling Green game, because I'm going to be honest with you, dear listeners. I don't know anything about Bowling Green I because it doesn't matter to, in this scenario. So I'm going to give my thoughts on the opening to Michigan season. You know what Bowling Green is best for? Yes. No, I don't. Hockey school. It's a great hockey school. Why do we give a shit about this? They are. Team? Yeah. They are a good hockey school. They're a fine hockey school. Let's not throw the word good around for no reason. Listen, one of the defensemen I loved growing up in my life was Rob Blake. So we're going to give kudos to that. Okay, is Michigan State a good hockey program because of fucking Justin Ablicator? Uh, Rod Blake. I'm just trying. Yeah, that's true. That was a terrible example. Uh, I should have went with Drew Miller. Mm. Wait, 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 wait. I did the wrong Miller, didn't I? You did. Damn it. (laughs) I grew up a Red Wings fan. I can't be blamed. I can't be blamed. No, here's here's where I teach a little bit about college hockey history, my buddy. Do you want to know who was back to back? I think they were back to back. I want to say these guys are back to back coaches in Bowling Green. Ron Mason hands it off to Jerry York. That's great, Jeremy. Thank you for educating the listeners and me. Um, That that is the entirety of our Bowling Green preview. Uh, We this is the most off the rails we've been in a while. So Uh, so, Brendan, I've saw zero plays (laughs) that you guys have done this season. So tell me about Michigan. Here we go. Yes. Um, So Michigan. On offense, running game has struggled. I'll start with the bad. Not great. But the thing is, is I could not be less concerned about it because they're going to figure it out. Because so what's, what's the issue? I, just a couple missed blocks here or there that blow up plays that Michigan fans are used to. And we're all hoping that you're going to be playing against these teams like ECU, UNLV, Bowling Green, and just walking all over them. Basically, the running game hasn't been great, but here's why I don't give a fuck about that. Michigan, over the last two years, has demonstrated when it comes winning time over the course of a season, they're going to be running the ball. They also, if people remember, were struggling to run the ball against Colorado State week one last year. Didn't run it great against Hawaii. I'm not worried about it. Reason number two, J.J. McCarthy looks really good i was expecting a junior year leap uh from him or a second year starter leap rather but not like this i mean the the presence in the pocket he doesn't feel nearly as jittery And, and there were times where you know it looks like they're getting pressure not super bad but he's shuffling around and just looks super smooth and i'm not gonna go Jim Harbaugh mode and compare him to Patrick Mahomes. But I will say like though, you know, the way Mahomes just dances around in the pocket and looks super at ease 
and never get sacked. That was that's just a vibe I'm getting from JJ. His footwork looks better. He's uh, he has seven incompletions and five touchdowns. I mean, I don't care who you're playing. I've seen Michigan quarterbacks go against these teams my whole life every year. And that's not what it usually looks like from a quarterback. So I am very, very excited about JJ McCarthy. Um, On the defense, I don't really have any negatives unless we're going to throw out the scenario where the whole def- the whole starter lineup gets hurt. And then the, the backups have looked really bad, but like, if you have to plug one of these guys in here or there, obviously you don't want to lose certain guys, but the defense, the starters have looked great. I know again who they've been playing, but when Mason Graham and Kenneth Grant are looking the way that they have as at the defensive tackle position, I mean, we've seen, we've seen a lot of good defensive line play under Jim Harbaugh at Michigan. I am really freaking excited about about these guys. Two true sophomores that just look like absolute behemoths, absolute monsters. And, oh, by the way, you have returning senior Chris Jenkins, who was an all-Big Ten player. I, like, I, I am very excited about the defense. If I had to give any takeaways outside of J.J. McCarthy, it is certainly the defensive tackle play, but just in general – this Michigan defense has a different vibe to me than the last two years. The last two years, it has felt good enough to keep us in every game. But even 2021, when you have Aiden Hutchinson and David Ojabo coming around the edge, defensive tackles weren't great. There were other areas where they struggled. You know, it, they fuck it. I mean, look at the MSU game that year. They got absolutely gashed by Kenneth Walker. Like that defense was not to a point where they could be the wrecking ball and neither was last year's in my opinion. And so very promising start to me. I mean, I went into this season with national title hopes and I have seen nothing in the first two weeks that would derail mm-hmm. those despite only winning 30 to three and 35 to seven. It doesn't matter we know how Jim Harbaugh, despite his absence, which, by the way, one second sidebar when I finish with this, um, we know how this program operates when playing what they deem inferior opponents. <laughs> I, I'm not concerned at all about the final scores. Like I said, the run game hasn't looked good. I'm not concerned really at all. Just ready to see us play some teams who we can learn something against, really. That's... That's my rant. Now the sidebar before I let you rebuttal, I do want to make the listeners aware that um, we did have a very good bit to make fun of Jim Harbaugh that I came up with. Uh, we were going to do a moment of a four second moment of silence for him after the, the uh, tribute play that Michigan ran. Um, it is a shame that he has died and we will, we will miss him. But anyways, Jeremy, go on thoughts on what I've, been talking about for five minutes. I won't miss him. <laughs> okay. And that concludes <laughs> Jeremy's <laughs> thoughts on on Brendan's I, I have no thoughts. I've seen zero plays. I think we've I think our games have basically 
overlapped both times. Well, well not, so no, Friday, this, you guys played Friday night, night opening night. week, but I, I mean Saturday we played at noon, and it's opening Peacock, weekend right? on Peacock. So you're not yeah, going to be watching Michigan East Carolina. Peacock. I was watching other stuff that I could flip around on. Yeah, and then uh, and then yeah, last the, the week two we were we were at the same time. So I actually really haven't seen outside of like the Twitter clips, you know, as you're scrolling. Yeah. Um, one thing I guess I would have the question on because I know you said concern about the run game, like, but how is like I know blocking is it seems like is the issue, but how are Corum and Edwards looking like? Yeah, so I mean, Corum the first game looked like a player who was cutting on a long-term knee injury for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, still had some good moments, but you could tell he wasn't. He was, excuse me, have the hiccups. Good timing. Um, you could tell he was shaking off the rust. Um, and then week two, I thought he looked really good, especially being there in person. I thought he looked really good. Donovan did not put up good stats at all the second week, but I feel like it was one of those classic things where the offensive line will block well for one running back and then they put the other one in and it's just luck, right? It's nothing else, but, but they, they always had some type of biff and Donovan didn't get very good blocking or a lot of run really. uh, And you don't need, but he, he had a, catching a lot out of the path. Well, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. Okay. Not a ton. They haven't really unleashed him, but he did have like a good, they were third and six. They dump it off to him, let him burst for the first down. Like you can still see everything we know is there is there. Um, Yeah. And so like concerns with the running game, definitely overblown on if you follow the depths of like UM Twitter, but um, as we know, everybody on Twitter that's a sports fan, very rational people, very rational. Um, yeah, I, I'm not concerned, but, you know, we'd like to see him better. But the thing is, when you have a quarterback who's completed 87% of his throws on through two games, it's like, well, it is what it is. Like, if teams are going to sell out to stop the run because that's Michigan's thing and you have a quarterback who can do that, fucking let him. So... We'll see how it goes. I'm excited. We'll get through this week. Beat Bowling Green, hopefully. Speaking of funny things, yeah, talk about funny. I mean, if Michigan loses any of the games coming up, you guys will have a hoot. Um, But then you get Rutgers, and then finally, like, these aren't super big bads, but back-to-back weeks at Nebraska, at Minnesota, those are competent football teams. That's one competent football team. And then a, a really good atmosphere elsewhere. And so it it'll be better. I'll be able to learn more. It'll be more exciting. Uh, yeah, but this uh, season, this this preseason, I suppose, because that's what it feels like. Yeah, this is a pretty brutal setup. And part of it is just that you're so good. You don't even get to that is like, true, have a right? threat of a loss. But, like, I uh, it's going to be crazy. I know we never – it may be more of an off-season topic. We can dive deeper into the whole realignment thing. But, like – I can already feel myself getting old. Like, I hated going from two, four out of conference games down to three. Like, I love. Oh, I was happy game. with that. I love a good, like, random, like, or, like the Oregon series coming here and going to Oregon will always be like an all time favorite for me. Absolutely. Um, you yeah. know, and, like, when you went down to three, it was less likely. And now it just feels like, you know, we're in the conference with such behemoths that we're just never going to get really good out of conference games. Maybe it's like a no, uh, see, 12, that, maybe. Yeah, they here, like, 
are we gonna get we're not gonna get Big Ten versus SEC, I think. Like Michigan's got four games in the next four years scheduled like that. Uh so here's who's the do you think they're gonna be holding the contracts to those? Because that's where I don't know. Well, we just gotta make it through this offseason because they could drop the Oklahoma series for twenty five and twenty six. But Texas is twenty four and twenty seven. So if you yeah. if you play that game at the big house, Texas isn't going to be like, well, we don't want our like <laughs> our home game against well, Michigan. Well, here's I, what I'd say: not that you guys have been rumbling this program, but Indiana just can't move Louisville. Like I just no, absolutely. I get the things that happen where we're going, and so I'm hoping that for Michigan fans, like because I've been looking forward to the next year. I mean, yeah, I'm a rival, and I want to see uh, Texas be back against you, but at the same time, like. Early season is like a, a really fun time to yeah. check out these teams. And it sucks when your rival who you are clearly gonna watch, like we're obsessed with each other's teams, uh, hence the show. Yes. Like to not be able to watch anything good of your your rival for, for and, sure. And Michigan and Michigan also has always I, I won't say this is like some history, but you've also gotten lucky in a way of just like it always seems that the first like two Big Ten games for Michigan, even after you get out of the out of conference, is like Rutgers and uh, yeah, Indiana. It, it's Illinois. been a while. The the like, last big one to start Big Ten play I can remember is I think 2016. We played Penn State in our first. Big yeah, 10. I would say, I and think, that I that's feel the like last you and Ohio State both have gotten Penn State early. Yeah, and and you know what? Yeah. And I can even tell you that's that. That conspiracy could be valid. I think Michigan and Ohio State both have very good good luck with situations like that, and that probably has to do with the amount of money they bring in. Sorry, guys, get your bread up. I don't know what to tell you. Um, no, but like, so you've raised a couple good points. What what I would say about worrying about these series going away is I feel like the format to win a national championship. It, plays such a heavy role in this because in a four team playoff, you really can't risk to lose two games. And so scheduling somebody in the non-con that's a competitive game might be good for your team, but like it, it's a big risk. You look at Ohio state 2021, they play Oregon and lose at home and then lose to Michigan. They don't make the playoff last year. They play a bunch of cupcakes. Well, they played Notre Dame. So they played a bunch of cupcakes in non-con, and then they lose to Michigan, and they get in because they're 11-1. and one. I mean, it can be such a huge difference. With a 12-team playoff, specifically for a team like Michigan, again, going to flash that that brand recognition. That's right, baby. Um, it, you can afford to lose two, maybe three games and sneak into the 12-team playoff, especially if you're pay- playing a loaded schedule. So I feel like as we move forward and we go into this new format, there may be incentives to do the opposite of what's been done over the last decade of dropping your big non-con games. I think actually playing those might be beneficial. We'll see if I'm right. I don't know. Maybe I'm just being hopeful because as we talked about pre-show, I'm ever the optimist. I I, I want to hope that good things are coming. Uh, but, you know, I feel like it makes the most sense. Uh, so we'll see. Yeah. I would say like, I hope I hope you're right. And uh, with NCAA the video game coming back, like I just hope we get some more NCAA football game schedules. Like I remember, I used to make like I'd play four road games and all these like crazy stadiums. Oh yeah. You know, just I want to see. I want to see MSU play a stadium like teams that I've just never seen them play. Like it doesn't even have to be a big name. Like playing Kansas State would be cool. 
Like, give me Kansas I agree. State over over I love Michigan that shit, dude. Or, uh, like a Utah State. Like, give me, give me. Let's go have a random series with Texas Tech. Let's go randomly play Syracuse. Even like, yeah, I mean, yo. Well, that's what know. I love. Those types of examples because, like, I really like that too. Like Michigan in the past has played like. I was, you guys did Syracuse. Oregon really State. What well, we did, right. Oregon State. Yeah. We not to say Utah is like a bottom tier Power Five team because yeah, they're not. Like we did yeah. Utah. While like there are ways to do it without being like, oh, well, we're gonna play Alabama this year in a home and home, and then we're gonna play yeah. Texas. Like there's a way to do it to create interesting games, uh, without doing that, or also without doing what Michigan's done the last two years, which is, and I think that's a part of why I feel this fatigue is this is not year one of this. This is the yeah. second year in a row we've just played absolutely nobody. And, and, I, biggest, and, and, and the and year before that was COVID. So no non-con. So I haven't yeah. seen a or No, that's not true. I messed up. We did Washington the year before. Yeah. In 20. So And also, like, so basically also, your two biggest rivals have not done the same thing at the same time. Like, Correct. Michigan State has had a home-and-home home with Washington, Ohio State, no, no, that was a joke. That was a joke, though. Playing when you make the schedule, it's like literally ten years ago, right? Like, yeah. So, so it has to be a little bit annoying. Like, I would hate that as Ben fan if I saw us play three cupcakes, despite the fact that yes, I would love to meet and we'll say we're going to easily beat three zero, especially after this week. Like, I would love to have Richmond this week, uh, and not Washington, but. Despite that, like it would kind of like eat at me a little bit, especially as someone that now pays for my season tickets to be like, I'm paying for this, but Michigan's got like an awesome series against, you know. Yeah, no, Utah. it is frustrating. Even a team you've already played, like Utah, like, like I yeah. would be so, so kind of annoyed. So yeah, I, I get it, Michigan fans. Um, and it sucks to hear everyone else tell you that you have a shitty schedule. So. And that's what the thing, the <laughs> fact that it's been two years in a row, and that's too long for the object permanence of most of uh, sports Twitter. Like it's become a thing where, Oh, Michigan does this all the fucking time. They, they always schedule this cupcake. And I'm just like, what are you talking about? Fucking 2021 Washington, 2019 uh, Notre Dame, 2018 Notre Dame, 2017 Florida, 2016. Like you can go back and find it's every year. They try to do this, but just, you know, they did cancel the UCLA Dude, series, and, and that was before they were joined. Yeah. He is mm-hmm. a word or a gym decision. That's the conspiracy theory I want to get into. Uh, dude, I don't know. That's a weird one. I, I think it's probably a gym thing. I, yeah, I feel like, like Wards is pretty hands-off. Yeah. I, I don't know. It, it's tough, and you have to – but, like, you do think, like, Michigan did cancel UCLA. I think they are supposed to play him this year. They canceled, so, yeah. canceled Virginia Tech, um, mm. and those are things I was upset about. Oh, like I, dude, I would have loved to one. see. I would have loved to travel to go <laughs> see Enter Sandman. Like literally, I, I want that. Now I want Michigan State with Virginia Tech on the schedule, man. Like that. Yeah. Is, no, yeah, we're both the same type of person where we could just sit here for an hour and keep recording and just list off teams we'd enjoy seeing our teams play. <laughs> We're the, uh, the Twitter meme of like guys will just sit there and just say random Detroit Lions players from the guys. yeah. Remember some Who guys, that? yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, that, that guy, who that guy, Pat Verbeek, you're in. Oh yeah, man. 
Pat Verbeek. I, I know the name. He's a GM now, isn't he? Or a coach. He's in something. Yeah, I don't think he's a coach. He's, That's he's what I know him like from. It's not from playing. I'll tell you that much. If anything, if I learned anything this summer, Jeremy, it's that I don't remember enough players because these grid games went went crazy. And like I see a bunch of my friends posting them, and I'm just like, dude. I gotta, I gotta lay off the, uh, <laughs> the old, the old green to make my memory, uh, not yeah, good because I've watched a lot yeah. of sports. I should remember more players. Lay off the hippie lettuce, all right? <laughs> the gotta... hippie lettuce. Yeah. So, um, mm. Andreas Lilia, Andreas Lilia, that guy was a guy. Jeremy, I'm not playing this game. You got me, Fred. I can't just sit here and remember some guys. Um, but. I do want to talk about one more thing before we hop off. We had a we had a good, mostly serious discussion on Mel Tucker with some internet issues. I apologize if uh, we'll see how the editing goes. Um, we we talked not so seriously about Michigan Michigan State Washington. Talked about Michigan. Now I have a very important issue to raise because we are two weeks into this football season, and uh, Ryan Day is cooked. That boy, that boy needs to start looking at condos in Florida and make that Ohio run. Brother Ryan Day is going to be a Nick Saban analyst this day next year. <laughs> he he is so beyond cooked. And you raised a good point because my point in the pre-show, we were talking about this, and I'm like, man, I have watched like outside of the 6-6 six and six Luke Fickle weird interim year. Like I have never seen – an Ohio State team play a team like Youngstown State and go look at the final score and see 35 to 7. I've never seen them be in a tie game with a team. Well, that's not true. They would get up to slow starts. But just like it, I've never seen Ohio State Twitter this uh, riled up this early about non con games. But almost more importantly, I've never seen Ohio State Twitter so over defensive about a player than they have been with Kyle McCord. Well, half of them, the half that want Ryan Day still to be there. You know what I mean? Like, you can about, smell blood in the water, Jeremy. It's happening. Let's talk about Ryan Day press availability. So you beat Youngstown State 35-7. And instead of just saying, like, we executed what we wanted, uh, you know, we're still working our way up into the season, we accept that. No, you go and complain like a little baby that, well, we usually score 60 in these games with these damn new rules. Okay, buddy. <laughs> these okay. damn rules that are taking away four snaps a game are the reason we scored half the points you expected. So, so that tells me that Ryan Day's already a little flustered. He's rattled. Did you, did you see this week, though? Have you ever seen a guy who took 99% of the snaps in week one and week two of the season? need his coach. And I'm not saying this is Kyle's fault. I just think this just tells you where the fan base is at. Yeah. And where Ryan is at. He needs his coach to come out for week three and at his press availability say, Kyle McCord is our starter. That competition is over. Yeah, buddy, we all knew the competition was over. No one was questioning that. No. Who are you talking to? Who yeah. are you are you and that's when you realize you're talking to yourself. You don't want to admit that this thing is over. But this is your guy. You have to go with. Um, yeah. This team could have Quinn Ewers right now. 
Yeah, dude. I, I, I don't want to play that game because I have this I mean, week spending a lot of say, time thinking about Michigan having Xavier Worthy. Uh, but I mean, that's a, a good Quinn, point. A Quinn versus JJ game. Like, we might get that in the four if Texas can you know, find a way to get through the season. But a Quinn versus JJ game would have been pretty damn awesome. I mean, we got a fucking CJ Stroud versus JJ game last year, and in this in this podcast, no, you were gonna disagree on that one. In this uh, podcaster's uh, opinion, that was excellent to watch. Um, no, but it, my thing is Ohio State. Just like it, the O line doesn't look good. It's awful. And shout you, out to Dan. Shout out to Dan on our preseason saying like this O line, like they're taking transfers in. That they shouldn't be taking in and they're starting. Yeah. And, and shout out to him because I heard like other national preseason ones talking about, oh, the Ohio State line will be good. It always is. I'm like, no, no, Dan, Dan was on that. Dan knows ball. It, he may be a hater at heart, but he knows ball and nobody can take that away from him. And he's a sweetie for coming on here. Um, but it, they just don't look good. And now they don't have a, a CJ Stroud at quarterback. And it, Buddy, like, I think Marvin Harrison Jr. is probably the best player still playing in college, and it doesn't feel like it matters that much. How much do you think he's regretting that he didn't live up to the internet rumors <laughs> and go to USC? Yeah, no shit. Dude, how much do you think he's regretting right now? He could be with Caleb Williams in L.A., like, just absolutely destroying teams. And he had, what, in week one, two catches for, like, 18 yards. Oh, dude. Him and Abuka combined for 34 yards uh, week one. And against Indiana. Like, is it, I don't know. And, and I know I, I have lots of friends who love Indiana and good for them. But this team this year is not good. And so for them to, to win 23-3, I mean, I just – this could be – That was with some late points. That game was like – seven to three for a long long yes it it was and and i know you know starting the season in a big 10 game is not easy but man you you just well the thing is you expect okay there we go you 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 expect more from ohio state State. yes exactly shut up you're ohio state so this will all inevitably backfire on me as i laugh through this entire season and then they hire Deion sanders but oh, so I'm going to enjoy this ride. Here's, here's the thing. That ride will be fun for you to enjoy anyways if they do hire Dion because those fucking MAGA idiots that support that team are going to be so mad. You thought Colorado State saying that, oh, I take my sunglasses off because my mama taught me right was bad? Ooh, buddy. Yeah, I, that's a very good point. They, uh, but except for the fact that if he wins, they are gonna embrace the fuck out of him. Not in this is a totally hypothetical scenario. We're getting mad at here. I don't think Dion goes to Ohio State, but that would be like that's what they've done, right? They went from Jim Tressel, took a beating for a year, and went yeah. to Urban Meyer. Like this is how Ohio State operates. So I'm sure they'll get the best guy, but Lord yeah. Almighty. Now the best case, out. yeah, go ahead. I'm gonna put it out there in the universe. All right, I think I think Ohio State does need someone new. They need an offensive mind. Ryan Day's washed. I do think that if they're gonna continue the Ohio State tradition, there's a guy who I think is just kind of 
Yeah, he's falling out of love with his job. I think Jimbo Fisher makes total sense. <laughs> That's not where I expected that to go, but I support it. Let's and get defensive coordinator Mel Tugger. <laughs>